start recording. <coughs> get get your active voice on. Barry do love. What is it? La I don't know. Ah, nah, I sound, I sound like we're Welsh. Lana Del Rey. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tim Foyle Shed podcast. This week, we have chosen our top 10 films each, but with a little, uh, what's the word, discrepancy, no, challenge, that they can't be on the top 100 list on IMDb. Were you shocked by the top 100 list? Um, A, a little bit, yeah. I thought there'd be, I, I, the ones on, Joker was eighth. So I want to immediately discredit the top 100 list. I immediately don't believe it's accurate. <laughs> yeah, I missed that. Yeah, like... Is it, so are you, are you arguing that it should be number one? <laughs> I'm arguing it should be taken out of cinemas. Uh, I was going to say joking, but... Hey, hey, hey. Um, but I, I don't like that. But no, however you look at the top 100 list, it is idiots like us who are putting uh, ranks on which make it. But yes, we have chosen 10 films each. We're going to uh, go through our 10 films, one each, and then we're going to do a tier list at the end of the video. Barney, would you like to go first with one of your 10 favourite films? Ooh, let's, let's have a look. And give us a brief Come description if you think it's a bit left field as well. Uh, well, m- most of my films, they're not films that I necessarily think are, uh, deserve to be in the top See, 100. See, this was going to be... Really like. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know if you were going to try and choose the top best films that weren't in the 100 or your top favourite, which is precisely why I took Mamma Mia out of my 10. I was going to say, I thought Mamma Mia was going to be in yours. Uh, that's an honourable mention. I'll give it that now. Mamma Mia, not Mamma Mia 2, but definitely go and give it a listen if you've never seen it before. Listen, watch. I'm, go- I'm going to start off with the nice guys. Ah, another hidden gem of this podcast. I decided to try and guess Barney's top 10 and the nice guys I had on there. I'm not doing these in any particular order, are you? Uh, no. no. No, yeah, I didn't want to rank them. The nice are, are guys. You, are, you playing, are you playing Barney's top 10 bingo? I will play Barney's top I will yell bingo if I get... Well, I've got them in a list, so if I get three in a row, I'll yell bingo. Okay. Um, so the nice guys, that's Ryan Gosling and Kurt Russell? No, no, no. It's Russell something, isn't it? Russell Crowe. Russell, Russell yeah. Crowe. Uh, and the story of that is that they're two detectives in the 70s? Yeah. Well, Ryan Gosling's a um, PI and Russell Crowe's just a thug. Fair enough. And then they team up to, you know, topple some conspiracy and it's just good fun. Lots of Ryan Gosling being a pretty boy wearing amazing suits uh, being for a charming. Time, the only person that you could name on this earth who was attractive was Ryan Gosling I just want to put <laughs> that out there oh yeah I, I just I, just I mean that's it's, fair it's, enough as well it's funny I think it's 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 like genuinely funny in places it's not like it's it doesn't it, I feel like most films you you watch a joke is told and it doesn't land and you're just like, oh yeah, that was supposed to be a joke. We were supposed to laugh there. A lot, Yeah, a lot of American films this, especially. But the, there are like points in this where it, I think it is like, does make me laugh out loud. I've got to admit, if, I reckon if this was a top 20 list, it definitely would have made mine. Uh, and maybe yeah. I didn't put it on because I thought you would. But yes, I agree. Very, very good film. It's, it's got a bit of everything. It's got like action, comedy. Violence. Yeah, I think it's, it's got just, pretty good it, violence uh, and stunts. Yeah, and it's um, most of the films on my list I find hard to floor. Right, there are a lot of films. There are a lot of films that like you like. That is a really good film, apart from that one really stupid bit. But it, you know, this film it doesn't have any anything that just makes you think. It's like the Dark Knight whole thing with. When he's like getting a bu- fingerprint off a ricocheted bullet in a wall, like, oh. <laughs> I look. He still love that. I hate that. I think I, that's I hate so. It. Oh, I, see, I, 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 I refuse to believe that a fingerprint can go from a bullet onto some plasterboard in a wall, and then the Batman can cut it out with a weird drill and then recreate it with a Gatling gun. That's just because you're not clever enough. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe, maybe it did just go over my head. Maybe I'm just not intelligent enough to appreciate these kind of 
nuances. Details. Oh yeah. Yeah, nuances in films. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I don't is... have a single Christopher Nolan on my film actually. But they because they're on the top 100. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, they're on the top 100. We also <laughs> said top 100, but also just generally not obvious films. Yeah. It's like, if you look, you probably can't see it behind me. I have an Inglorious Bastards and a Raiders of the Lost Ark poster. So they would have been on, but they didn't make it on. Do you want me to go for my, one of mine? Yep. I'll go with an obvious Hot Fuzz. Oh. This Did that make it onto cool. yours? I was. I was umming, that'll be my next one. Fair, yeah. That was, I because I, I love Edgar Wright and all his films, but I have to say that Hot Fuzz is definitely my favourite one of his. Yeah. I, I have a it, sneaking it suspicion is... that one of his will be on your list, I have guessed. Another one of his. Yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, Hot Fuzz, if you don't know it, you have to know it. Big time policeman moves to a small... Um, small outside the city, like countryside town, where everything seems perfect. But when he sees under the mask, everything is not so perfect, and it's rife with criminality. Um, it's probably I think that's my favorite comedy of all time. I I think that everyone has seen that film. Uh, yeah, I think they have to have to have. It's it's one of those things where you can make a, a Hot Fuzz reference or like. You know, like, oh, it's, this is just like that time in Hot Fuzz, and everyone knows what you're on about. I was going to say that is, yeah, it's one of the few films that I quote, and everyone immediately knows what it is. Yeah, apart from like and obscure it, internet videos. It made us both buy a Japanese peace lily. It did do that, and I also bought one even for my friend and one for my own, like my mum and dad's house. I regret how much do you die. think? How, yeah, how much do you think that this film affected the Japanese peace lily market? Or do you think more people bought Japanese peace lilies? Or do you think more people bought massive stuffed gorillas? Peace lilies. I would rather the gorilla, but I had to settle with a peace lily. Yeah, but it is it is a great film. Especially the whole Summerfield thing. I just, for some reason, yeah, that, like, was, that really stuck in my head when I was younger. Because yeah, Summerfield's gone bust now, so I feel like that is like a time capsule of that's how England that, was in like, like, what was it, 2006, yeah. 2008? Eight, I yeah, think it was. Like that. I remember Summerfield with the it, 30 pence bars of chocolate. It really does have like a star-studded cast of just load, loads of British actors, like Bill Nye is the like chief inspector. Then there with Martin Freeman. Ma- yeah, Martin Freeman, Alan Partridge. Guy, Alan Partridge. None of that is real name, is it? No, it's not. Uh, Steve Coogan. <laughs> Steve Coogan, the star of Greed 2020. Is that good? I've not seen it. Me neither. If I, if the cinemas were open, it's one of those ones where I would have been bored one night and gone to see it. Um, yeah. But yeah, Hot Fuzz, I think it's another one of those films that's genuine laughter all the way through. Like, it's not even one of those where, oh, it's slow at this bit. It's like everything has a good joke in it. And it, it it's it, it's one of those films that it, you, the more you watch it, the more you notice yeah. Oh, it. yeah. You definitely won't get everything out of it the first time. But it's not like a novid Christopher Nolan film where it's like you need to fucking read the synopsis to understand it. It's like you just notice the little things. Mm. Um, do you want to go for one of yours? Uh, I'll go with Shaun of the Dead. Oh, that's not the one I thought you had. No. Well, I, because I, I, I did, I know how to put some well, one Edgar Wright film on, and I was yeah. thinking about Baby Driver. At the end of the day, the Conata trilogy is more Edgar Wright. Oh, that's not the one I thought you'd have on. I and I do like um, the World's End a lot. No, is it the World's End. No. What? I'm very. I thought you'd have Scott Pilgrim. Oh uh, yeah. I thought for some reason I've got to admit I don't want to cheat to anyone, but Barney once sent me a photo of his entire Blu-ray collection, so I went on to that photo. And we decided, and I picked a few movies off that because if you love films so much, you have to have them in your collection. I thought it was going to be Scott Pilgrim. No, I, I do like Scott Pilgrim, but it doesn't. And to have be fair, I do agree with the Cornell same. trilogy being got, so I'm not surprised. Yeah. And Shaun of the Dead would have made it on mine if yeah. I hadn't. Uh, well, I prefer Hot Fuzz, I, but I was I was a Manarin between Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Yeah, same. And I was like, I think I've just seen Hot Fuzz more, so that's why I had to go on. And I saw I saw Shaun of the Dead first. That was my first Conan trilogy film. Yeah, I feel like from my history of not liking horror, well, not horror, being scared. I didn't watch Shaun of the Dead first. I decided to watch Hot Fuzz. 
I, the first time I watched it, I didn't, I had no idea what I was getting into. It was my dad had it on DVD. Oh, and I mad. It and, I, and I just, like, I was like, man, this is, I need more of this. Yeah, I, Joel told me to watch it for years and years. And for being a church boy, you know, he, he got me to watch a lot of films, which uh, <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't expect from him. Lots of them were, it's, it is so fantastic. I, I like the, um, like, Edgar Wright, it doesn't really use CGI. It's all very practical. Mm. And I do love that about Sean the Dead, like when he gets ripped apart at the end. I'd say that's my favourite part. Yeah, that, yeah. That we is, should that do favourite parts of the films as well. What's your favourite part of Shaun of the Dead? Oh, the bit that always sticks in my mind is when um, Don't Stop Me Now is playing. And they're, oh, they're, they're hitting all, him in time. They've got a pull cue and they're all like running around the zombies. That's like the first, like, because obviously Edgar Wright with Babe Driver loves to put like, stuff towards music. That's the first time I ever noticed it. Yeah. I'm sure he did it more in that film than in his other films. That's the first time I was like, "Ooh, I was like, that's clever." Yeah, and I, I, I would say that Shaun of Dead was funnier than Hot Fuzz. Ooh, see, I just had my nostalgia for Hot Fuzz, and I used to dress up yeah, as a policeman I, as a child, the, as we remember. The, I, the, I love how, um, in, in Hot Fuzz, the, the not Hot Fuzz, Shaun of Dead, the whole like, got the Winchester, have a pint, wait for it to all blow over. That like, I like how that plays out every time, and how like the going through the plan in the head and then when it comes to executing it it just goes off like slightly differently but it's really another funny. fantastic bit is when their group meets his ex-girlfriend's group mm. and they're just yeah. all identical but they're all quite famous Especially actors again a lot of famous actors before they were like big a-league actors yeah like matt lucas is supposed to be nick frost and like martin freeman's supposed mm. to be simon Pegg. Mm. i can't remember a few of the others but yeah, I, I I do I love the bit when um Nick Frost's going on about the, the Winchester rifle above the bar and how they can use it as a weapon. And the whole film they're going about how it's it's a deactivated rifle. Yeah. Nick, like he picks it up and it just and he goes off and Nick Frost goes, I fucking knew it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I, yeah. And I, I I'm sure that some of that had to have come from like real life stories and shit as well. Mm. It yeah, it is I've, it, I think out, out of the Conetta trilogy, I think Hot Fuzz is objectively the best film. Shaun of the Dead is the most Edgar Wright film. Yes. And, and then The World's End is, it's a bit of a Fun. outlier, but yeah. I, I feel I think, like, it, like that was more of a passion project to him. I don't know, that's why yeah. I feel... I feel like the world's end. It's the the characters that are the more the the star yeah. show than the story and anything. I've got to admit, world's whole... end definitely isn't on my like isn't near the top of my list of favorite of his films. Yeah, I I, I do really like it, but for weird reasons that I can't. Because you relate <laughs> to the main character, because you see yourself kind as of. him. <laughs> he, yeah, he's just he's just some guy that just wants. To he's just really cool and just yeah. There we go. Good choice, though. The, with, good choice. With the whole, with the whole Cornetto trilogy, in as the credits roll, they, a Queen song plays, and after the release of every film, um, the the relative Queen song and others would be go back into the top forty. Mad, which I think is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I never knew that. I didn't see the one thing I like about because I, I never like obviously he fucking loves his music. Uh, like, have you ever seen the original sketch for that was meant to be Baby Driver, the original short film? No. And it has, like, Noel Fielding in. He's, like, Baby Driver in it. It's from, like, yeah. early 2004. It's absolutely sick. Like, yeah, I thought that was mental. It's funny, because uh, it's funny how much he's gone on to be, like, a big Hollywood star, like, working with all these amazing actors, yet he's still busy mates with, like, like you see on Instagram, it's like Greg Davies, Northfielding, mm. like all these just proper British comedians. But yeah, yeah, I I do I think that Baby Driver is his best film. It's a shame it's... about what everyone in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you at the end? Do you think that's a dream sequence or real? Spoilers for Baby Driver. Um, I like to think it's real. I always thought it was real, and as much as I like to pretend to be a film buff, it never entered my head it's supposed to be like a montage dream thing. And then someone on Twitter said it. They were like, oh, like, I, I wish it wasn't a dream sequence at the end. And I was like, motherfucker. I was like, I never thought that was supposed to be a dream sequence. Baby Drive is also just a really good-looking film. 
Yeah, it's just true. it's shot really well. That's the first vinyl I ever got was that soundtrack. Mm, nice. Yeah, very good. Soundtrack. So, to be honest, the soundtrack of Baby Driver, though it is so important to the film, I don't appreciate as a soundtrack. Oh, really? I, I it's not something I listen to. I've listened to it quite a few times. I quite enjoyed it. Which is which is a bit weird because that came out around the time of the Guardians of the Galaxy films. Yeah. Which the soundtrack was equally as important, but I did listen to them. See, I've also got the Guardians of the Galaxy, and I didn't listen to that as much, but I don't really have that fondness for 80s music. Uh, yeah. So I was a bit like, like eh. Plus, I have got a few soundtracks. The best one I still think is La La Land. Oh, shit. This leads me on to my next film. I didn't mean to do that La transition, La but it is La La Land. I do I have that on there. I was La La Land on. That is... It's partly nostalgia from when I watched it and who I watched it with, and it was like a really nice time. But also, every time I go back to it, like the jazz and just the music again. A lot of these films, the music mm. plays a big part. I've started to realize the opening scene of La La Land is amazing. Yeah, that that I remember when I first put it on. My friend was like, "Let's watch it, let's watch it." I was like, "Oh," and we put it on, and I was like, "Fuck!" I was like, "This is not what I thought it was gonna be." And the other bit mm. that sticks out to me is when Ryan Gosling, again, a, a favourite of ours, uh, he's playing the Incredibly piano. Incredibly well-dressed in this film as well. Incredibly well-dressed in this film. Um, do, you think, he... do you think that's in his contract? Do you think that like his agent demands that? My, my client will only be in this film if he's dressed impeccably. Have you ever seen him dress on impeccably? Blade Runner, I suppose. But even that, yeah, I wouldn't see. He still see. pulls it off. Yeah, I was going to say, he still pulls it off. Um, but no, the scene where he's playing piano and Emma Stone is dancing and the camera's like going back and forth. Mm. If that bit, I fucking love it. Just everything about that film, Damien Chazelle. The other thing uh, that I love about him is obviously he, like, you know, the story of Whiplash that he only made Whiplash to prove he could make La La Land. Yeah. So he made a masterpiece to prove he could make a masterpiece. I think that's amazing. Then didn't he go on to make The Greatest Showman? No, he went on to make First Man, which I thought was okay. Not to be confused with Early Man. Not to be confused with Early Man, the stop-motion Hardman film, yeah, where they learned to play football in prehistoric time. Is that what that was about? Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, Early Man was... uh, It was uh, Neil Armstrong's first flight to the moon, starring, obviously, Ryan Gosling. I thought it was okay. But I'm not letting that detract because La La Land was fantastic. It's probably my favourite yeah. soundtrack. The, the thing that stands out to La La Land the most for me is just the colours of it all. Yeah. When I think of La La Land, I think of like each scene has like a very vivid colour theme to it. Yeah, it's all got its very own distinctive colour palette. Mm. The other thing I often forget and what, why I wonder is I first didn't want to watch it in the first place. I really thought it would be more of a serious movie. When I rewatch it, I always forget how funny it is. Mm. Like the scene with Ryan Gosling when he's playing in that band and she goes over and mocks him when he's playing mm. like the guitar piano thing. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, like every time I watch it, I always forget this how funny that is. Are you rustling something? That's kind of a little bit. I've got my Terry remote and just playing with. So loud. <laughs> but yeah, see, I wish I could sound clever and go into more detail points about these films. But La La Land, I just fucking love it. It's sick. Uh, yes. It does have a very bittersweet ending as well, which I like. See, at first I was very upset about that because you know how much I like Happily Ever Afters. Mm. Um, so that's something I had to grow to love. But that final scene as well, when they're going through like the city and the story, and it's all like like it was a show on Broadway. I, yeah. I, yeah, I think Happily Ever After wouldn't, wouldn't, it wouldn't have, have fit it. done it justice. Yeah, no. no, it wouldn't have, definitely not, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's why I love it. What's your next film? Oh, let me check my list. Oh, now I was, I've put the Grand Budapest Hotel. Sorry, I was just sneezing. Fantastic film. Not on my mm-hmm. list, to be fair, actually. I, I, I was, it's the, out of all the Wes Anderson films, it's the one I picked for it. Fair it's enough. the most fair Wes enough. Anderson film there is out of the lot. Oh, is that true? I think so. 
I think no. I do genuinely agree. It's the film that I wish I had on Blu-ray, but they haven't. They've just brought out the Criterion Collection version of it, which is absolutely beautiful. But yeah, I'll let you explain why you love it. Go on. It, everything about it. It's just. It's so unique. It's not. That you you can't describe it to someone who hasn't seen it. No. Yeah. It's like. Just the way you use like aspects ratios for different time zones, which I also mm. didn't realize until West Anderson's like Edgar Wright, where you won't recognize a lot of stuff on screen until viewings and viewings later. And it's the kind of filmmaker where you can watch another one of his films and immediately recognize he was the one that made it. Yeah, I think he's the most recognizable filmmaker going. Like, he probably has the most YouTube film essays about him. Oh, 100%. I, I, I've almost made them several times. The only one of his films I didn't like was his first... Not didn't like. The only one that I don't think I'll re-watch is his first one, which is called Bucket Ro- Bottle Rocket. And that came out in 1997. But obviously, it was his first film. Like, really cheap. That's not really rocking him too much. Yeah, like, it, it was actually him. Um, and then the yeah. two Wilson brothers, like... But yeah, Grand Blue Water, oh, almost made it onto my list. Yeah, I... Out of all the Wes Anderson films, I think I'm I'm more fond of Isle of Dogs. Oh, but I do reckon like I do think that Grand Budapest Hotel is the better film. In I think the, it's incredibly I've, well made. Yeah, especially with the little uh, models as well. I forget how many like models are used in that film. Mm. Ironically, yeah. I also have a Wes Anderson film. Grand Budapest Hotel was <laughs> Grand Budapest was definitely close to it, but I had to give a shout out for my favorite style it's of animation, which is stop. It is fantastic, Mr. Fox. I had to give a shout out to Stop Motion on my list. And as much as I love, see, I love Grand Budapest Hotel and the Royal Tenenbaums. They're both, I think, on par for me. Um, I've for some reason watched Fantastic Mr. Fox more. Stop rustling your remote. It, I'm not. I'm not touching the remote. Where's your other hand? There you go. Now it's quiet. There's no background noise sitting like that for the rest of the show. Um, yeah, like, I want to get a tattoo of it. I could tell you every detail of it. The just style of animation, even though it's just stop motion, it's different to everything else. I think it's amazing. It is. It is great stop motion. It's like, And it's so character-driven as well, where it's got such a... St- he could get such stark style of casts, like, what is it? George Clooney, Willem Dafoe. Loads of fuckers are in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think it's great. Yeah, it, it's it, and it, it, the color palette of Fantastic Mr. Fox is amazing. Oh, yeah, and it's it's one of those films as well. I do like films as much as it's uh, again going into my media degree here. As much as it is a new Hollywood idea to have um, plot points and plot lines that aren't really in order, and it's supposed to be caught up like. Uh, Quentin Tarantino does where he cuts up like storylines and time periods. I do love a film where it's clearly like opening, um, set the scene. Here's a problem. How are we going to get over the problem ending? I do like mm-hmm. films where I can differentiate that amazingly. And I think Fantastic Mr. Fox is that. I know it's based off Roald yeah. Dahl, so it is his story. But I just think the way the whole film does it, oh. I, it's not I, simple. I, I remember at the time, because like Roald Dahl books are quite, like a thing in primary school. Yeah. But I, I thought they were like very available part of like, you know, it's not curriculum, but you know what I mean. Bit, bit when, well it, when it when the film came out, it was, I don't, maybe it wasn't being advertised, but it's what the public took it as, oh, this is a Roald Dahl film, Roald Dahl yeah. adaptation. And it was, a lot, I think a lot of people were maybe not put off, but taken aback and... Bombed at the box office. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I remember when I was a kid and I watched it. It it just didn't something something about it. I didn't get it. It didn't appeal. Oh, I to did. Me that I did much. not appreciate it. I was like, that's okay. I was like, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Thing is, the overall Dal films bombed. And maybe not Matilda. That might be one of the few. But like um, James and the Giant's Peach was by the same guy who did Titanic. What's he called? Not James Corden. Um, Titanic. Um, who did Titanic? I, I don't know. The guy that's always going about in a submarine. 
Yeah, I genuinely can't Cameron. remember his name. James Cameron. James Cameron. I'm pretty sure he did the fan, uh, not the fan. He did the James and the Giant Peach, which was also stop motion. And then there was a Twitch live adaptation. I, I, I didn't even know there was a James and the Giant Peach film. So scary. So scary. Yeah. It's stop motion. Yeah, and it was. I think that's the reason why this one flopped because I think everyone saw that and went, "We're all right." Maybe yeah. I think it was him because I think it was like you know when he like takes on new venture and stuff. But yeah, this was one when I saw it. I didn't really enjoy it when I was very young. Uh, I don't know what time it came about when I was younger. But I think going back to it, it's a lot of from what I've seen on Twitter and the videos I watch, like you say, from like film theorists. This is often on people's top ten lists, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- I I would like to bring up an honourable mention. Go on, bring up an honourable mention. Released the same year as Fantastic Mr. Fox. Interesting, can I guess? You can guess. It will definitely be on your list, 100%. Another great animation. Oh, no, go on. Flushed Away. That's not on, it's on my list of what I thought you would say. Ooh, yep. oh, 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 I only need one more in the middle to get my uh, bingo. Go on, is that on your list? Uh, it's, it's in my honourable mentions. I didn't make your top ten list. No, Mad. I couldn't justify it. Wow! Because at the end of the day, wow! At the end of the day, I have to admit that it's a film that I love, but all the other films that I love are are objectively better films. Mad! That's a film. There's two films I um, associate with you, and it's that and Iron Giant. (laughs) Another honourable mention. Another honourable mention. I didn't put it on your list because I fucking. That's the film that I've never seen yet. Hate purely because you've watched it. Yeah, but well, both of those films, Iron Giant especially, the animation is amazing. Yeah, there's no animation quite like it. It's 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 not like it's not like a Wes Anderson stop motion or a Studio Ghibli. Stop or fiddling! It's like a very unique. <laughs> you don't know how loud animation. it is. <laughs> I know I don't. It's all right. It'll be gone with the power of editing. Will it fuck you? They cannot do that. <laughs> Um, no, I thought there'd be a lot of animation on your list. Uh, yeah, there wasn't as much as I thought there would be. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I might I might not get my top ten here, lads. Oh, yeah, but oh. Flushed Away, the, going back to soundtracks, Flushed, Pick up the Flushed Away has an amazing throw soundtrack. throw it across the room. I'm not even touching anything now. I think maybe it's just my little mic thing, rubbing on my T-shirt. <laughs> Professional, sorry, carry on. <laughs> Nothing but the best in tinfoil shed. The, the, we I'll, hold, I'll hold my microphone out like this for us. When you finally out. move back home, we will get a tinfoil shed and we'll sit in it and record the podcast every week. And there'll be a constant like <laughs> from the tinfoil rubbing against the wood. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. The, sound, the soundtrack to Flushed Away is great. It is. It, it, the humor is great. It is very funny. A lot of a lot of visual comedy. Yeah. And like gags. Hugh Jackman um, stars that, doesn't he? Yeah. It? Hugh Jackman. Mad. I, I I find that very like almost unbelievable. I find they, that unbelievable. They managed to convince him to play a CGI rat. I well, the Ratatouille released in the same year, I think. Oh, mad! Which a lot is, of rat films. Which is outclassed. Many folds by flushed away. Oh, 100%. It's all about pegging. We found out when I re- watched it recently. What? Don't, ask, don't ask me how we got there, but me and my flatmate uh, came to the conclusion think, that it's about pegging. Well, if you look hard enough, you can find anything in anything. I, oh, no. That's, uh, did you see the vid? There was a clip of Taika Waititi recently, which was fucking amazing. And he was getting interviewed, and someone asked him what the, how he finds the themes in his films, and he goes, I simply release a film, wait for a film student to tell me there's a theme, and then go, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I, I actually believe him as well. He was like, people look so hard at your films, just agree with the ones you like and disagree with the ones you don't. And I thought that was amazing. Yeah, I have, I have watched a, a, a video essay recently about Ratatouille called... Uh, Oh, I think it's poverty, capitalism, and ratatouille, or something like that. Mad. Which goes into like the socio-economic and ethics and all that about stealing food, even if you're starving to death, and how the film says that's wrong and all that. Oh, stuff. fucking Disney! Yeah. Back at it again. <laughs> yeah. Sake. I think it's your turn to give away a film. Well, okay. Going back to 
Taika Watiki or Taika Watiti. I don't know. I always get his consonants mixed up. Yeah, Jojo Rabbit. I did. I I didn't put this on the list, and I really almost did. I had it on the list and deleted it off. It is such an amazing film. Fantastic. I feel like if I was if I was the kind of person that cried more easily, I would cry every time I watched it. I was going to say one of the few films that makes makes me cry with laughter and sadness. It is, it, yeah. It, it really goes from the, it does the highs so well and it does the lows so well. Like when the, th- the scene where Giorgio finds his dead mum. Spoilers. That like, yeah. That that is like being punched in the stomach when that like every time. Yeah, that, that like that. I, you don't believe it when it happens. It's yeah. I think that's a good example of him. He's been saying how much he's been wanting to make that film. I think that's him riding the success of his Marvel and finally being given the mm. power to be able to. And he immediately mm. made that because he believed yeah. in it. Yeah, and oh. it is. It's such a trying to, to explain it to people who haven't watched it. Or it's about. A little boy in the Nazi youth and his best imaginary best friend is Hitler. Yeah, that is like it's, <laughs> but it's also very anti-Nazi. Yeah, and it's the story of basically his mum trying yeah. to turn him. Yeah. Well, no, well, well, his mum's trying to keep him in the dark full time, trying to keep him safe because of how. Well, she's trying to Nazi take him out of it. Yeah. Yeah, she's just slowly like giving him nudges, but she's Sam know, Rockwell's she's amazing in that dark. film, and it, it does it it breaks down really well. The whole, you know, like, kind of not justifying, but putting you in the shoes of a little boy who has got caught up in the Nazi youth and doesn't understand the ideals of it, and he's just, he's just, he, he's just he going along with being what he's told. Yeah, he likes, you know, he likes being part of it. You know, dressing up in the uniform and all that. I mean, that's still around today with organized religion. I think. Yeah, is that the whole point? Of that's probably meant to be a comment on the fact that it's probably still around. Yeah, that's a shame. It's and not on the list. It, it is, it, it, man. It's such a good film. Such a good film. I love the bit with um, Stephen Merchant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know like? Oh, and I love how they even manipulated that as well. Like, do you know how like they made him stand on a box and stuff? Did they? They like to make him look even taller. They made him stand on a box. <laughs> like they just like yeah. everything they could do to make it funnier. He did. Yeah, my the. My favourite part of that film, and probably one of my favourite characters in any film, is the the gay Nazi. Did you not realise at the beginning like, when you first watched it? You didn't realise. No, I didn't realise he was gay. You were just until, this, until... It's, like, <laughs> it's like the most I, obvious I, joke ever. I just I don't I don't see people in that way. I just see them as people, Zach. I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't. You know, put filters over them and see what I want to see. Yeah, like, those two men are very good friends. You're the type of historian who'd be like, Albert Einstein and his male best friend who lived with him. Yeah, yeah, I, I, would, yeah, I, would, I would be a historian. I would, that wouldn't be trying to, like, straight wash history. I would just be genuinely <laughs> believing everyone was good mates. So like, oh, everyone, everyone in ancient Greece was really good mates back then. They used to always have sleepovers. That would, I would 100% be doing that, fully unintentionally. Fuck's sake. Yeah, that, and one Halloween, I'm gonna dress up as that gay Nazi. You know, like at the end when he's oh like, yeah, when he's got the massive mission. yeah yeah. I'm gonna be doing that 100. percent And he's uh, that he's another he's another character a Nazi that you sympathise with. You know he 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 would have started off his military career just by you know joining the military yeah without any fascist ideals or anything. And then you know as he goes up the ranks, then you know Nazis come along and hijack everything and he doesn't believe in it but um, I suppose he, he he doesn't believe in the Nazism but he does believe in you know um, defending his country and all yeah, that yeah I was going to say nationalism and, sort of thing I was trying to think of the word and then and then he you know as he as the film goes on he's starts off with him sort of being in denial about it the whole situation and then as the film goes on he realises what's happening and he's just he knows he's a dead man He's just trying to keep... The, and he still you know, saves uh, Jojo's life, doesn't he? That's a little yeah. bit, yeah. Yeah. There's a police helicopter, like, literally above my house. It's like, nothing we can do is catch a break. It's just like... Find machine guns down. <laughs> Don't know what's going on. So he's yes. one of the shops to buy an un- unnecessary alcohol. <laughs> Ooh, 
Boris mm? is after him. <laughs> definitely not me. Just move all my fucking alcohol off. I got some Ribena's and iced tea, so it's definitely not me. Can't mix them with anything. Um, probably, it's probably, is it Matt Hancock driving around to see if you can still see? It, it is. One. Doom Cathedral is. Yeah, I think it's Matt Hancock. Oh, well, I'm not that, not that burst in my portrait, so I'm not sure. Um, I'll go through a quick one. He's probably one. flying the helicopter, just test his eyesight. <laughs> Explains why it's been hovering above my house the past 10 minutes. Um, oh my gosh, it's so loud. What the hell? Um, I'm going to jump in with a quick one, and I'm going to say another favourite of mine is Black Swan. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I haven't seen that. It's. <laughs> I do well, love the meme that spawned that with the whole slut on the mirror. Yeah, that that's yeah. it's like such a serious film. That that's like such a serious like point of it, and that meme just spread across the internet. I love that meme. That was oh my gosh! I'm gonna shut the window one second. It's literally hovering above my house. But yeah, Black Swan. <laughs> um, uh, some uh, some guy in full tactical gear is gonna come swinging in your window. Excuse me, I am recording a podcast with my friend. Um, Black Swan. Oh, okay, I just tried to Google it. So I can't quite remember who directed it. Um, I think it's is it Kira Knightley or the other one who stars in it? Because it's like she, there's two women that look ident- identical, isn't it? Natalie Portman. Yeah, is it Natalie Portman or is it Keely? Na- Keely. It is Natalie Kira. Portman. Is it? Uh, yeah, it's, oh, Na- no, it's Natalie Portman. Who's... Yeah, it's Natalie Portman, and then it's like Mila Kunis, and it's directed by Darren uh, Anayofsky. Came out in 2010, a very good year for film, uh, along with Inception, and it's a story of a ballerina who is struggling with a lot of mental health issues, um, a lot of body issues, all that sort of thing. Very serious film, uh, and it was a 10 out of 10. Don't want to spoil anything, but it made me cry. It's very heavy. There's not really any like light parts of it. Yeah, I'd definitely give it a watch. I think it's absolutely astounding, and I'm sure the story is uh, rooted much deeper in like um, liter- literature and... Uh, was ballet the whole? Did I say the whole thing's about ballet? Because yeah. obviously, like the ballet, Black Swan show. So I'm sure it's all more deep rooted in that that I just didn't understand. But yeah, genuinely, I watched it and I didn't stop thinking about it. Literally, like since I watched it, uh, does it make so... you want to be a ballet dancer? No, with what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to give any spoilers, but fuck no, I'm staying it... away. Has it stopped you following your dreams of becoming a ballet dancer? It did, it did, yes. Well, also because a big part of it is like toxic parents and like an overbearing mother, uh, which I wouldn't say I had, especially compared to this film. So I think I would have been okay. She wouldn't have put me in a leotard and made me go out and dance every night. Well, you just did that yourself anyway. Yeah, she was lucky enough she, that I wanted to just, do that. Despite her best efforts, she was trying to stop you. Yeah, she was trying to drag me back in. She was trying to stop my wings fly. Oh, oh. If you've seen the film, you'll get that one. But yeah, I knew you hadn't seen it, so I just wanted to jump in quickly. But very, very good film. Give it a watch without looking at anything. Like, don't look at any promotional stuff because you want to go in blind. Have you got... What number are we up to? I think I've done four. So is this your four? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm losing count. I'm, I'm going to go with Howl's Moving Castle. Ah, I put Studio Ghibli because you're a neek. So neek. I'm giving myself that one, yeah. I haven't heard that one. I've heard, I know Weeaboos. What's a neek? Yeah, Weeb. Um, neek is something uh, the YouTubers I watch whenever someone mentions anime, they call them a neek. So you're a neek. I hope it's not a racist you, term. You don't even fully know what it means. You just jumped on the bandwagon. I just know that it means a neek who watches this is, this anime. Is, this is how slurs and oppression starts. You, if you are a weeb incel who watches anime, I'm joking. I've, I enjoy some anime. Uh, and I actually wanted to see this so film. So all the wrong types of anime. Please, <laughs> shut up. Please. You, you watch the anime with like a 14 year old with massive tits. Oh, don't no, say 14. Okay, you can say any age. Ca- <laughs> For fuck's it's okay because in canon, they're actually really old. They just have a curse. They look really young. So it's okay. <laughs> What's it called? There's a special name for it. What is I have it? No idea. You know, it's uh, the one that begins with H. H? 
Hentai. Hentai, that's what, of course, you fucking know it, Neek. Um, but carry on, I actually wanted to see this film, so tell me why it's good. It's, well, oh, well, it's, it's just the classic Studio Ghibli art style and the, the, the charm of it, and it's, it, you know, the whole, most Studio Ghibli films, you can, you know, you, know, you could just take a screenshot and put it on your wall. It's yeah, I like films like that. It's just that. Typical you know, of Wes Anderson as well. Yeah, it just looks that good. What's the main storyline? Um, or is it too it's complicated? A, it's a bit out there. Right. It's. I think you, you just have to watch it. It's it's like, it's so hard to explain. And I think by trying to explain it, you probably put you off. I think the only sort of films like that that I've seen is Spirited Away and Ponyo. What did you think of Spirited Away? I, well, at first, I watched it in year eight in music, so I was a bit ignorant towards it. But when I watched it recently, I sort of fell in love with it. Yeah, out, out of all the Studio Ghibli films, Howl's Moving Castle is my favourite, and I'm lucky because it wasn't on the top 100, and Ooh. there were quite a few on the top 100. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I don't think that my um, social status can take me starting to watch anime so that's the main reason why i haven't started <laughs> i think if I, I think people have enough to say about me if they found out i started watching anime i, th- I think i don't think i'd ever touch a woman mm. I, I will out, out of the studio ghibli films that i've seen i think Hal's moving castle is the most um wholesome maybe oh like feel good especially at the end you know like feel good uplifting yeah quite like emotional in a good way well it's definitely on my list i'm definitely gonna watch not on this list i'm definitely gonna put on my watch list to be fair it i yeah out of all the studio ghibli i would japanese i was moving castle yeah yeah that's fair that makes sense it it is it's so good though um i will jump in with a i hope this isn't racist a similar region film um not japanese but korean uh, I will give an honourable mention to Parasite, which could not be on the list because obviously it was in the top 100. Mm-hmm. I've been meaning to watch that for a while. So now. good. I think it's just come on Amazon Prime. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, but by the same director, my next favourite film is Okja. I haven't seen, I haven't even heard of Okja. Okja is a Netflix original made by um, the same director. And basically, the easy way to say it is this is the film that made me go veggie. Really? Yeah, so basically, it's the story of these 10 um, scientifically uh, like made pigs, like they're giant pigs, and they're giving to 10 farmers across the world. And there's a competition in 10 years' time to see um, who has grown and made the best pig, and then they win like a prize. But basically, it's a commentary on um, farming, like modern-day farming, modern-day meat eating um animal rights activists like whether they're good or bad and yeah uh, i don't want to spoil it but it did make me go veggie and i thought it was just because you're a pussy socialist that that's a lot of people think that you know a lot of people think that uh but yeah so is that uh, bong juno uh is a very very yeah. clever man uh he obviously he also did parasite and i'm sure he's done other films but there, oh, of course, one of my other favourite films that really almost made it onto this list was, I can't remember it for the life of me, it's the one with Chris Evans on the train. What's it called? It recently got on Netflix. Snowpiercer, also an amazing film. Um, I, I watched that and I couldn't, I, it wasn't for me. Really? Maybe this won't be then? Maybe that's because I just refuse to believe that there's a train going around the world forever. Well, have you heard... Have you heard the like, conspiracy that it's a um, sequel to Willy Wonka? I have heard of it. I don't know the details of it, though. Yeah, you'd have to have seen the film to say, say it, to be fair. But yeah, Okja, Netflix original. If you have Netflix, go and watch it. it it's such a good film, and it will make you think twice. I, I love the clip of Bong Juno winning the Oscar. Yeah. And and um, Quentin Tarantino is just in the crowd, just like staring daggers at him. And, he's just, and he just looked at him and just chuckles to himself. See, do you know what, apparently why that's a bit fake? Why? Because, so I saw someone wrote an article when that came out that Quentin Tarantino has been, like, fighting for Korean and Asian cinema to come more to Hollywood. 
and he's been like a massive advocate for it. So I don't think that he was actually angry. Uh, I mean, he might have been angry. Face. Yeah, that I think that might have just been his first. I think he's got a rest in Quentin Tarantino first. Do you have any Quentin Tarantino films on this list? I can't. Oh, do you? Uh, no, I don't. I don't really like him to be honest. The one I would put on, I yeah. See, I refuse to watch him until two years ago because in my head, if a film student likes a film, I won't. So I refuse to watch any apart from I'd seen Inglorious Bastards, which is my favorite. One time when I was like ten on my like twelve inch TV in my room, and I sat and watched it like at three a.m. and I was like, "Whoa, this is amazing!" And then refused to watch any Quentin Tarantino. Realized that was him. Went back and watched them and fell in love with him, like any good film. That's such does. a stupid reason to just. I don't know how it made your film opinions still baffle me. Yeah. No, no, a long time. It was only recently in the last few years, especially since I started doing my course. Um, I refused to watch any Alfred Hitchcock, any Quentin Tarantino, any... Um, I wouldn't watch Shawshank Redemption, which I also don't think is that great anyway. Wouldn't watch any... The guy who did The Irishman, what's he called? Martin Scorsese. Wouldn't watch his films. Uh, and turns out, all very good directors. I feel a lot of your film opinions were formed when you were 10 and you... I haven't budged on them since. A lot of my opinions are from night and I haven't budged on them. Just generally in life, but no, 100%, yeah. I remember watching Inglourious Bastards and it was the strudel scene and I was like, oh my God, that's amazing, yeah. I can't eat strudel without thinking of Inglourious Bastards, which really annoys me. Oh, see, I love that. It's, I literally got a poster, yeah, I love it. It would be I'm, that I'm Reservoir like, Drog. Eating my 79p strudel I got from the middle. I'm like, I wonder if this is like the one from... <laughs> well, if you put a cigarette out on it, it would be. But yeah, that and Reservoir Dogs, they would definitely make my list. But top 100. Um, is, a, is it my go? Whose who's go is it? I can't remember. Did you just go with the street? Oh, no, I just went with Octa, so it's your go. I'm going to go. I'm also, yeah, with... I'm giving myself Studio Ghibli Neek, by the way. Carry on. Well, what's on there? To my list. I'm gonna go with Rogue One. Right. So I put Star Wars in brackets Rogue One slash prequel. So I'm giving myself it. I'm Why giving myself prequel? that. I don't know. I thought you'd go left field. So I think having uh I think having like prequel would be quite left field, but Rogue One, carry on. Yeah. I, out of all Star Wars films, it's the, the only one that isn't riddled with shit. Yes. 100%. It's my favourite one. I'll put it out there right now. Uh, and it's, the, you know, the original trilogy is good, but has since been ruined. Yes. Just been nonsense. So it's yeah. very, you can't enjoy that unless you have, you know, an old VHS. And it it's, it, it, it has the Star Wars essence about it. Yeah. Without any of the whole Jedi grandeur and bloodlines and all that nonsense that, you know, Ruined I, the new I just films. can't stand. Yeah. Yeah. That um, has a fantastic story of it begins and it ends. You can actually enjoy yeah. it. I do I, love that about uh, it. A, a, lot of, a lot of people didn't like it because they knew how it was going to end. See, I had no idea what the film entailed when I went to go and see it. Hmm. Like I had not. Yeah. Like that. Oh my god! I just remembered the ending is one of the best cinematic things ever. With Dark, that's yeah, and that made good. the best Star Wars moment ever for me. It, that is so good. That really captures the whole. That is the, the that's the best Darth Vader has been portrayed in terms of just brutal, unstoppable yeah. force. That, that, that's he, how he's he, shown in like video games and comics. Like, yeah, that's how it's, it's supposed not to like, be. He's not. He he's just strolling through a corridor, just killing everyone. In front yeah, of and he's doing it with ease. He's not. It's like that. That that's what makes it so unsettling. It's not like it's not like he's just running through killing people. He's just strolling. See, and I, and spoilers I, I, for Mandalorian. I, I think that's what they tried to achieve at the end of season two. Again, yeah, but I do, I don't think it hit as well. But I think that's what that was inspired yeah. by. But yeah. carry on. Yeah, and it. The you you'd, like you do get because you know the, the, at the very end they've got the little data card yeah plans on it 
and they're trying to get it just get it out of the ship and you, and the you know the the door is jammed yeah and the guy's just sticking his arm so he's trying to get someone to take it and he like he like he knows he's just going to die he's just trying to get he's it just out. trying to get it further and further yeah and i just i just love that it's just some some guy just knowing he, there's no way out he's just doing everything See? he can just to get this card out as much as the films and people try to describe to me what happens before episode four, like the first like original Star Wars film, I think that's episode four. Um, like however much people try to describe to me, I never actually understood it until I watched Rogue One. Like yeah. I never actually understood that when we first meet Leia right at the beginning, that's what's happened. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And yeah. All all the characters in Rogue One, except you know a, a few of the people have said that. They don't enjoy it as much because because well, the, the feminist are... robot was that that no, film? No, no. no, that was solo. Oh, that was fucking hell. Because, but like in in like you know in Rogue One, all the characters that none of them are, you know, Master Jedi or yeah, these characters. They're all just people. That are, which I know, think is what uh, was brought to the Last Jedi, which I don't think you like. Do you? No, I don't like. Wait, See, no, is, I, is, that, is that the newest Star Wars film? No, that's the second one in that trilogy. That's one that everyone was raging about. There was like half people I don't like who think it's... I, th- I like that one purely for those sort of reasons that they, they try to describe, they try to show that you don't have to be a Skywalker to have a voice. You could be anybody. And then the new film, they just shat on that and was like, that wasn't true. Um, I mean, the, the reason, the, the main reason I don't like that film is just the whole thing could the whole thing is based on a premise that doesn't make any sense the whole like chase thing it all could have like it none of it it just doesn't make sense yeah like, well I, yeah and it all could have been avoided if all the people in charge spoke to each other but yeah well i again i don't think that was ryan johnson's fault because i think it was the higher ups at disney made him do that well it's still a bad film yeah. doesn't matter who's Whose fault it was? It was I don't film. think it was a good film, but I think it has the best essence of any Star Wars film. Uh, nah, I disagree. I, I think all the sequences in Dagobah with Yoda and his little hut, they're the best Fair. Star Wars sequences. That's the most Star Wars thing to me. I just i just like the idea that they were like, you don't have to be a Palpatine or a Skywalker. You can be anyone and you can be special. Mm. And then you haven't seen the new one, have you? No. They spend the first hour of the third one being like, you have to be a Skywalker or a Palpatine. You ha- you can't just be anyone. It's like, all right, nice. Did Did you like the whole um, casino horse racing profiting from war is bad scene? No. I mean, no, it reminded me of the prequels entirely. The, the, the thing that sticks with that scene the most, which, because in, in The Force Awakens, BB-8, like Finn, they're like trying to hide away in the Millennium Falcon when they think they're yeah. pirates. And BB 8 goes into like Finn tries to lift him down into a hole and he's so heavy that Finn just collapses. Yeah. But then in the next one, when they get kicked out of the casino, a guard literally picks up BB 8 with one arm and just lobs him. I'm like, well, how heavy is he? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's also the film where Finn should have died because he completed his character arc perfectly. Yeah. Like that would yeah, have been then, such a perfect death. And then and that then roars. He, he gets saved because supposedly like. and all that and then um rose who was like bullied off twitter in the next film they just pretended she didn't exist she's at the beginning she goes hi guys and they go hi don't you have a job to do off screen she goes yes i i really don't understand the whole planning of those films where they you know they said you know we're gonna make another trilogy and we're gonna let a different director direct them and we're gonna let each director control the story completely so there is no cohesion like, no co- no cohesion no plan they're, they're just literally winging it from film to film you know now they've given ryan johnson three more is that still going ahead from what i know because I, I remember that happened straight away yeah. I, I remember like bef- before the film got because no, no, it's, it's happened like, recently because they took it off the guy who did the first one who i can't remember wait the first one who did the first one of the new trilogy J.J. Abrams did the first one, the last one. Uh, he was meant to be given three, and then they dropped him. But no, because I'm when when um the last Jedi was it, like shown internally at Disney, 
they all the higher ups were so impressed with it, they off like immediately gave Ryan Johnson. You'll have to come deal. back now, no, because then they cancelled it and they brought it back again. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's a Disney Plus thing now, not a film thing. Yeah, man. God, Star Wars yeah. is such a fucking shit show, apart from Rogue One, which is a re- really good film. That's really why it's it. on the top ten list. Oh, all the characters are just, they're just people just fucking trying to do their best. Yeah. And being shot on the whole time. And isn't that we are, what we all are in life? And it, it's like it's one of those things. It doesn't have a happy ending. Everyone dies. Similar to La La Land. And it is, I you know I quite like the idea that each each character lives as long as they need to live for the story to progress and for them to be successful. Yeah. Because did you see the rumors so, they were going to try and bring some back? Yeah. It's is it Cash Nando supposed to be like getting a prequel TV show? Yeah, but even like the main characters, they were going to say, oh no, they survived the blast. Oh, that's weird. And they were going well, to, like, whole... I think they've axed it now, but that was at one point they were going to try and do that. You know, uh, one theory behind it all was like the, the force and this energy and everything, and like it's going through everything in the universe. Yeah. And in this film, it affects like the forces help, like, you know, everyone lives as long as they need to live. But as soon as they've completed their role, they pretty much die almost straight away. Yeah. And that's like the force is like the idea Keeping of the force is helping them do that. But as soon as they've done it and they've, you know, done as much as they can to put the universe back in balance, then they die off. Bit sad. Mm. And I, <laughs> I do really like at the end when with Cassian and Jin, how that, you know, they're just on the beach and they just hug each other as they're dying. Yeah. That, that could have turned into just a, you know, romance thing. But I think it works so much better with just two people that become friends just, you know, in their last moments. Yeah. You know, just get, you know, getting a bit of comfort from each other. But it is, it is so good. Definitely my favourite Star Wars. And it um, is, it, it, it looks the most Star Wars as well. Yeah, it has such a beautiful look to it, to be fair. And uh, they, they did a lot of, you know, a lot of the, because they wanted to make it look a lot, like as much as like the original trilogy as possible. So when they were doing, when they were doing like the CGI ships and like the, them flying, they tried to recreate how it like it looked in the original trilogy. So they tried to make it look like a model being flown. Right. That's well. That makes sense. Why it looks so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Ju- I've got. I think because we've been going over an hour. Really. Yeah. So I think I should do one more and then we've done five each and then next week we should do the other five each. Okay. Because, yeah, we've gone over an hour, which is already mad. So my last one for this week, I am going to go with... You know what? I'll go with one which I know you've seen as well so we can talk about it. And that is The Boat That Rocked. <laughs> That's on my honourable mention list. Oh, there we go. I didn't think I it would it. be on it's your so list. Good. So it's good. A, one of the films I want to have all the clothes from. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, so if anyone doesn't know, this is a story of pirate radio. Um, is it a true story? Based on true events, based on real people? I don't um, know. Yeah, I, I like to think it's inspired it is. by, you know. Yeah, so it's a story of a lad whose mum decides that he needs to grow up a bit, needs to get some real-world experience, and sends him to a boat, which is basically full of uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. They host pirate radio, and shit hits the fan because the government doesn't like them, and it's got a whole cast. It's got Nick Frost, it's got Bill Nye, it's got, go on, name some others. I'm terrible. I think we're both not very good with names, but you know what? I'll give it a Google. This is a film as well. It's but... got the guy from IT Crowd, is he in it? Oh, yes. One minute, I'll get you all the names right now. It's got Bill Nye, it's got Philip Seymour Hoffman, it's got Nick Frost, it's got Kenneth Branagh, it's got Chris O'Dowd, uh, it's got Tom Brook, it's got Emma Thompson, it's got, it's got any good comedian has to be in this film it's so funny yeah. like i say there's a website i go on it's, to which sells so props cast. yeah oh it's so good the soundtrack for this as well it is amazing notch. um had to be on the top 10 list it was a very late contender but there's two films which i always think of and i don't know why if i ever think should i watch a film tonight i always think of the boat that rocked and rock of ages they're two <laughs> films. One that i was gonna put my 
honourable mention list. That is on my honourable mention list. Oh my god, also a fantastic film. But yeah, there's something about those two films. Again, both both based very heavily on music, which is starting to be a theme. Well, um, the book yeah. of the rocks isn't a musical. It just it just has a lot of musical elements. The rock yeah, it's based heavily. Musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, the, you know, the book of the rocks. It's it's funny. It's you know, all, everyone is dressed amazingly. The, all, it wasn't marketed very well. Because on my Mamma Mia DVD, it has a um, trailer for the book that rocked. And so I used to see it all the time, and the trailer's nothing like the film. Mm. The it's, trailer makes it, it see, so, yeah. It, it's funny, you know, all the, char- the characters have, like, the each individual flair. It's, like, it, supposed you know, to represent um, a bit of, like, the Beatlemania, the sweep England in, like, the 60s, doesn't it? How everyone suddenly turned to rock and they were bored of their yeah. old lives. I think it fits you quite nicely, Barney, I think. That you're the type of person who's like, don't want to be mundane in an office. I want to be rock I, and roll. Man, I would fully, if the, if power radio was still thin, I would be on a little canoe rowing out to them right now. <laughs> I really wish it was. Pirate radio, which I'm sure already exists as a podcast, is a fantastic name for a podcast. Yeah. But it has to already exist. And it has such a good ending as well. Yeah, just like everything about you think all's lost, and I actually got quite upset towards the end, and then it perfectly... You, you, you care so much about all the characters. Yeah, and then it just hits perfectly again. You're like, yep, of course. It's so good. Oh, And even it's like so the good. whole argument between Philip Seymour Hoffman and the American, that no, him and the Englishman, when they have their little fight, like when the cr- yeah. clan thing, but you end up loving both of them at the end still. Yeah. It's like we're all bros. Well, that is where we're going to leave it this week. Tune in next week to hear our other top five each of our favorite films of all time that aren't on the IMDb top 100 list. Please check out the Instagram, which is Tim Boyle Shed, uh, at Tim Boyle Shed. And there's also a YouTube channel of the same name. Have you got anything else to add, Barney? Eat the rich. Live long and prosper. A little Star Trek reference in there, because that's how I'm feeling. Please join us next week. Thank you for listening.